Are you trying to get your kids to be a little more active this year? Check out this fantastic benefit. When kids and teens are active, getting some good exercise, there's a significant reduction in anxiety and depression. That's according to brand new research. At 75 to 150 minutes a week is all it takes. A mental health crisis has been affecting American teens. And the most benefit from exercise was for kids over the age of 13. My wife they, will, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, they say that exercise releases brain hormones called endorphins that promote uh, well-being, improve your mood. And kids not only feel better about themselves when they get some exercise, their sleep improves as well. My wife will say I'm annoyingly happy when I come home from a bike ride. Because <laughs> of the endorphins. It's, the endor- it's totally the endorphins. I remember when you ran a 10K a day in the studio Yeah. on the treadmill yeah, to yeah, start yeah. the year. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. It was, you were so hyper afterwards. <laughs> that was fun. You should have done that this year. <laughs> I've already done it, so it's right. no, no big deal for me. Right. But you could have done that it. That sounds right? like it's the biggest torture I could ever think. I love to run on trails and outside, but a 10K a day on a treadmill in the studio where there's yeah. no shower? Yeah. Uh-uh. Well, that, was, that was back when, when we were running marathons and stuff, too. So I, the 10K didn't take that long. It was. I was pretty fast back then. It'd probably take me an hour and a half now. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife, I think she saw this. Uh, maybe somebody sent her a TikTok, or she saw it on Instagram. But something to do, and you still have time because it's only January. You know, beginning of January, so you still have time to do this. But it's something to start now. Looking forward to next year on New Year's Eve. Something cool you're going to be able to do if you start doing this now. I'll tell you what it is. And when you hear this idea, you're going to be like, "Oh, I'm totally in. We're doing that today." We'll talk about it next. So uh, my wife came up with what I think is a great idea. I'm pretty sure she lifted it off a of TikTok or something. But when you hear this, you're going to go like, oh, I'm totally in. We are doing that starting today. It's called a good jar. Have you ever heard of this? No. You put a jar in your kitchen. Get a big one. And when something good happens, write it down on like a little note and put it in the jar. Then New Year's Eve, this coming New Year's mm-hmm. Eve, you know, like practically a year away, Open the jar and start reading all the good stuff that happened over the past year. That way you don't forget all the stuff that you might, you know, now it's a big deal. But by the end of the year, you might go, oh, yeah, that happened. That's a fantastic idea. But yeah. You have Especially because whole... we all tend to ne- remember the negative. And right. Dwell on the negative sometimes. Yeah. So you have a whole year's worth of good memories to relive on New Year's Eve. I thought it was a great idea. So Very we... cool. So you don't have to do it every day just when something good happens. You could do it every day if you want, right? My coffee is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And so, think of all the stuff you post on social media. Instead of just posting on social media to be forgotten, put it in the good jar. And uh, yeah, like I made breakfast for the kids. They ate it all. It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys start your jar already? We have the jar. It's my job to uh, print a label and uh, like good, you know, put good jar on there. And then mm-hmm. we're going to start filling it up. Yeah. That's and so I, I think cool. I, we have we have uh, sticky notes, post-it notes, but I got to come up. I got to get like a pad of just small, a small piece, small piece of paper, index cards or mm-hmm. something, so we can just start filling it up. But that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to New Year's. What already. a lovely idea! I think it is. Don't steal my word. That's my word for 2023. That's my word. It is. Yes. You didn't tell me that. You stole my word, man. <laughs> One of the bright spots of my mom losing her husband of 60 years. My dad passed away. She's got five daughters and a bunch of grandkids all checking on her. Mm. Um, and I had the sweetest conversation with her yesterday. I can't wait to tell you what she told me in just a minute. 
So you may have heard um, my dad, um, who suffered for years with MS, went to heaven a week ago. And um, it was um, quickened a little bit by a fall in the shower. Mm. And um, so it, was, it felt unexpected, even though, you know, it was age and his disease. And so we're all kind of just reeling. And um, it's been it's been tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when I, I talk to people like you, Kev, who've lost your mom, it's all of a sudden like, oh, I get it now. Hmm. I, I get it. And um, my mom has been so strong. She's an incredible person. And um, she's got five five daughters and uh, 10 grandchildren all checking in on her and my uncle and aunt. And it's really beautiful to see. put her phone on DMV I know, soon. I know. <laughs> I know. She's like, she's like, okay. That's a little. But um, I hmm. talked to her yesterday and she, she was so almost like giddy joyful. It was the sweetest thing. She said, hmm. honey, she calls everyone honey. Honey, guess who called today? I got a personal call from your dad's doctor. And I said, you mean Dr. Zita, his longtime MS doctor? And she's like, yes, he called me to to say how sorry he was that dad had passed. And I said, that is so sweet, mom. And um, you have you shared the story even while I was out on bereavement that my dad loved sharing his faith, even though mm-hmm. he couldn't do anything else. He couldn't feed himself. He couldn't walk. He couldn't move his hands. Nothing. Uh, he, he could talk and he would use his voice to share his faith and his love for Jesus. Well, he would do the same thing to Dr. Zeta, <laughs> same exact thing. And what does my mom do in the, as soon as he finished expressing his condolences, she shared her faith with him oh. too. So he heard it again, I guess probably one last time because she'll have no reason to go back to Dr. Zita's office. But oh. I just thought that was such a neat way to honor my dad. My yes. mom is uh, picking up the torch and yeah. sharing her faith. I think it's so sweet how you've been sharing this uh, road you guys have been walking down um, with losing your dad a week ago and, and about your mom and how she's holding up and stuff. And it's been uh, it's been like three years since my mom passed away, and I'll tell you, it doesn't the the hurt and the pain gets less sharp, mm-hmm. it becomes less intense, um, but it's still there. You you yeah. never stop missing them. You know what I mean? Right. There's so many little things that'll happen mm-hmm. that will remind you of them, or even it's still to this day. I tell you, I reach out to call my mom mm-hmm. driving home from work because that's when I would call her. She was in a rehab facility for the last couple of years of her life, and she would love. To talk. So I had like up to an hour commute home. I would just call her right when I pulled out of the radio station and I would do what I call let her go. I would just let her talk. And I would be almost home and she would go, but that's enough about me. Tell me what's going on in your life. And I'm like, how can this woman who's sitting in a rehab center all day have so much to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) But she did. She did. That's hilarious. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I still miss her. And and a lot of the... um, I read something about the tears you cry when you lose someone that they're good. Those are almost like baptismal tears. They're mm-hmm. they they're they're giving you a new life, a life that you turn a page and you move on in the world without that person mm-hmm. in your life every day. So yeah, it's hard and it um it gets it gets easier, but it never goes away. Right. It's, you'll always you'll always miss your dad. Yeah, you know, you'll love your dad, and uh, and it's hard. Are you trying to get organized this year, but you suffer from the overwhelm freeze yes. you know that feeling when you've got a massive project due your house is a disaster and you're down to a single pair of clean socks you know you got to start somewhere but you can't seem to get unstuck <laughs> i sent this article to my niece last night because it happens especially with perfectionists mm. 
you think, well, if it's not going to be perfect, why, why even bother, start? Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what can you do to get over overwhelm freeze? Well, you break things down into manageable tasks, lower the bar, remind yourself that getting it done is better than it being perfect. And then believe it or not, bribe yourself, offer yourself a little mini reward. Like, hey, when mm. I finish this paper, I get to have blank. I get to paint my nails or whatever it is that makes you feel like you've got a reward at the end of it. We should talk about this because I I bet with couples, one person is like the perfectionist and the other person is like the let's just get it done type Mm. thing. Let's talk about that. So what's it called? The perfection freeze or Uh, it's overwhelm freeze, overwhelm freeze. You feel like you got so much stuff to do. You can't get it all done right. So why even bother? Can you relate to that? Maybe you're that perfectionist person and your better half is the exact opposite. Let's talk about how this affects your relationship next. All right, so we're talking about this uh, this whole idea of that um, you get frozen from getting stuff done because you just got so much to get done and you're like, I can't do it right, so why even bother? Yeah, it's called bother? overwhelm freeze. Okay, I think that it's relationally people are paired with uh, opposites. Like my wife and I, I'm speaking from my, our own our own home. Tracy is like that. She wants to do something perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'm 80-20. I'm like, no, let's just get rolling. Let's just get things done. And and you said um, one of the ways to overcoming it is give yourself little breaks Manage- or rewards. Uh, um, yeah, you bribe yourself. You break it down into more manageable tasks. And then you realize getting it done is better than it being okay. perfect. I totally did that the other day. We went to church on Saturday night and Sunday. I said, hey, let's get up. We'll start getting things done. Uh, the football football game kicks off at 1.00. We'll get, get stuff done till one. We'll stop. We'll watch some of the game. And then we'll finish up uh, later this afternoon. And she was just like, I don't want to stop once I get started. I'm like, why? It's not like the, not like cleaning the closet or putting the Christmas decorations away is going to. It's not like it's got an expiration date on it. Mm-hmm. We can do that whenever. Yeah. So I totally have that frame of mind. Of and and maybe that's why my desk is a wreck and <laughs> my closet needs to be cleaned cl- constantly. Yeah. Because I am I am the eighty twenty guy. I think getting most of it done mm-hmm. not perfect is way better than just getting like two or three things done perfectly. For those of you who truly suffer from overwhelm freeze, mm-hmm. I I see it. I, I have someone really close to me that I don't want to name that that experiences that. And yeah. man, my heart goes out to you because it can be. Debilitating. Are you like that? Are you like no, that? No, 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 no. Not at all. No, because I'm not a perfectionist. Huh. Um, but my husband, like when it comes to tasks around the house, yeah. Um, it just depends what it is. The other day we needed to hang a curtain rod. My husband must have measured, remeasured, measured again, <laughs> measured a fifth time. Well, you don't and want that to be off because that's all you'll see. <laughs> I would have been so tempted to eyeball it, start screwing into the wall. So it, we balance each other out with stuff like that. I think there might be something that a lot of parents are going through right now that um, I've noticed in my own family. And I, it didn't really hit me that this was a thing with moms and dads, but I should have known. Mm. We'll talk about it next. There's this rite of passage with parenting that I should have known about, but I don't know that I really, really empath- you know, empathize like I should. So I've been talking a lot about how my, my niece, Laura, she's the one that lives nine minutes away from me, was headed off to college for the first time oh, yeah, in a whole other state. state. Right? And yeah. it mm-hmm. was just like breaking my heart and especially her parents. It was so hard and mm-hmm. um, she's doing great in college and working hard as um, a nursing student. 
And um, it did not hit me how hard it was going to be for her parents to send her back after Christmas break. It's rough. And my sister, um, God bless her, she's going through a really tough time. And she had shown me before the the goodbye, she had shown me this TikTok video that had gone viral of this mom that was just devastated that her son, who it was just so comforting to know that he was in her home, even though he slept a lot, mm-hmm. uh, he was there. And then she couldn't even bear to go to the... Um, to the airport with her husband to take her son back because when she <laughs> dropped him off at college, she was like, okay, he's safe. This is his school. Uh-huh. She couldn't bear that thought of watching him fly away. And so she's like, you got to take him to the airport. I can't do it. Right. And my sister, not only that, but she lost an entire week with her daughter being home because oh, she knew she needed to be there for my dad. Yeah. When my, my dad um, passed away a week ago today. Mm. And so it it hit her hard mm. when she got back. And I just, I'm sure you taught me that when Kyle was in college, mm-hmm. far away in another state, but I just didn't remember how hard it was after Christmas break freshman year. Yeah. It's tough. It is. It is. Ooh. And it'll, it'll seem like forever till she comes home this summer. And then after she's home for about a week, uh, not doing her laundry, sleeping all day and mm-hmm. all that, she'll be like... When is she going back to school? (laughs) How many more days till she goes back? Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor. What's going on? This is Risa. First of all, let me say, Taylor, I'm sorry about the passing of your daddy. Oh, thank you so much. I've been out of um, commission with listening to the radio and everything from moving, but um, I was listening to about the college and the, the kids going away. And on Facebook, just yesterday, I saw with this mom in Florida, is doing, she's called um, like a second mom. And she started, started this little thing where she started taking like little gift baskets and stuff. And it just went viral. And she started out with just a couple, you know, bringing like um, homemade cookies for the kid or a new blanket. That's really cool. That's so neat. And there's, my sister told me there's this one lady, she'll take a family recipe and cook it for your kid. That's cool. That is really cool. But it, you were mentioning about how, um, parents like just having the kids under the roof, and that is so true. Because when they start, when they go off to college, the clock's ticking. They're they're going to be moving out, and not, you know, Lord will and the creek don't rise, and we don't have a global pandemic. They're not going to move back home. It's you're turning the page and moving on to a different chapter in life. So at Christmas, we had everyone was home, right? All the kids were home. Their significant others were were in the house. And I stood upstairs. We have a little balcony that looks over the living room. They were all laughing and talking. And I just recorded it for my wife. Oh, cool. And like two days later, I played it for her. And I was like, hey, this is the, I know this is the happiest sound you could ever yeah, hear. Yeah, love so, it. So here it is. Oh, that's yeah, so it is. cool. Those, uh, you really do count the time that they are home as uh, very precious. The whole country has been riveted by Buffalo Bills' DeMar Hamlin going into cardiac arrest during the game. And, uh, man, he's doing so well. He was just transferred to a hospital in Buffalo. And in case you missed it, during the Buffalo game Sunday, it had been three years and three months since the Bills returned to kickoff for a touchdown. Uh, well, he's number three, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. A Bills mm-hmm. star quarterback Josh Allen said it was spiritual bone chilling mm. and Hamlin was watching from the hospital and tweeted God is behind all of this no coincidence well get this this is a pretty cool um, side effect as shall we call it of what happened to Damar 
Um, the other good thing coming out of the story, so many more people are signing up to get CPR certified mm. so they can save lives. They've you seen know, this huge surge yeah. in people signing up for classes. My wife and I had that chat. I said, you know, if I was a business owner, I would make it a uh, something every employee had to do. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to do it because not just for that particular setting, but as you go through life, if you get certified once, you have the basic skills, you know, you know them and yeah. you could potentially save a life. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I told her, I said, why don't you get certified? I'll do it with you. I'll get recertified. Oh, we'll do it that's together. awesome. So you're one of the so many. That's... I just think it's that important yeah. that, that people know because it, we've both done it a number of times. It takes mm-hmm. like 20 minutes, right? To, to yeah. learn the technique and then take the test. Tammy Bradley Adams is so sweet. She's trained us both times. And it's a requirement to be a Girls on the Run coach. You have to be CPR certified. Are you trying to raise great kids? Coming up, these are the three main secrets, according to parents who have been there. Are you working hard to raise great kids? Uh, For a book called Raising a Successful Entrepreneur, this author interviewed 70 parents of successful kids. And there were three things they had in common. Number one, structure. Kids were expected to do things even when it's hard. Number two, parents were supportive. They nurtured their talents without doing things for them. And the third secret from parents who raised successful kids, warmth. They spent a lot of quality time with their kids and did compassionate activities with them, Hmm. like volunteering and mission work. Huh, that is interesting. So I love this idea of uh, sharing uh, with parents and and maybe your parents did some great things for you that made you successful or put you on the mm-hmm. right path. But what are some of those things that we can share with each other that your parents did for you or maybe you've done for your kids that you think are keys to raising successful people? Would love to hear from you. Hey, Anita, we're talking about stuff that parents can do uh, to help their kids be successful. What did your parents do for you? They taught us to write thank you notes, which people don't do anymore, mm-hmm. uh, especially for big things like graduations, weddings, sh- uh, baby showers. Right. And so I have great nieces and nephews, and I have literally sat down with them through the years and had them write notes to like my parents friends yeah to some of my friends just thinking about you especially when covid hit yeah you know who does that and she's been super successful as my uh my daughter amber uh we taught her that very early on to write thank you notes and she does it all the time all the time and she graduated high school early graduated college early and uh is like climbing the corporate ladder at blinding speed. And I think what it it's not just the writing of the note, but it teaches you a frame of mind that people are important and mm-hmm. communicating with them is important. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, you guys. Now I feel guilty for all the thank you notes I haven't written right now. There's so many on my list still. Okay. All right. Taylor saying that. She writes thank you notes to everyone that wins something on our on our show. She writes a thank you note for them. Just thank you for listening. We so appreciate you. Everybody. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Well, one of the things I tell them is those people didn't have to give you anything. Ooh, yeah. You know, That's we're good. proud of you, but they don't owe you anything. Yeah. So right. good. So we're uh, swapping ideas of what we think uh, we need to instill in our kids uh, for them to have a successful life. I'd say one of the biggest things we instilled in our kids was dream big. Mm, like, a, a, that's like, good. Like have this phrase in the back of your head. Why not me? 
right? Mm-hmm. If you have that in the back of your head then and, and you make that an operating principle, you think, yeah, I'm going to go for whatever your goal is. Why not me? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any kids, sadly, but I have, I can definitely say that who I am is because of my mom and dad. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they had such a huge impact on my life and um, just got the sweetest message through social media from our former producer, Sean. I always called him Sean Sean. And uh, he saw on the socials that my dad went to be in heaven. He, he wrote the sweetest note. He said, mm. sending you love from Chicago. I often think of the kindness and unconditional love you showed myself and everyone. Your example and impression early in my professional career has been so impactful in my life. And I can tell that that love and kindness was because of your parents. Mm. And that was just the sweetest compliment because it really is. My mom and dad were just, uh, my dad's in heaven. My mom's the same. They're just such loving, caring people. They were always serving others. And they taught us that that's how you're supposed to live your life as a follower of Jesus is to follow, is to show love to others. Mm. So what awesome. a great What a great note from Sean. Yeah. That's great. I would love to hear from you if you are a young parent or maybe you're on the other end of this, you're a grandparent and you're going through this right now, but it's become very popular for new parents nowadays to set boundaries with the grandparents. Like from day one, these are the times you can come over. These are when, when we say it, need, you know, junior needs to take a nap. That does not mean give him sugar and keep him up. It means mm. we want him to take a nap. And it's funny because my we don't have any grandkids, but my wife is pining for them. And she's already said, like, all of them, uh, I'm going to be the fun grandparent. Really? And they can say all that, but I'm, I'm going to be uh, she's basically saying I'm going to do whatever I want. And I'm like, mm, they're not going to bring them around a lot if, yeah. you're, if you're that grandparent. I'll, I'll give you a hint. I saw my sister basically practice being a grandma because her daughter and her husband had seven foster kids over the course of quite a few years. Mm. And... My niece always wanted my sister to be the one to to took care of the kids. You want to yeah, know why? Because she followed all of Ariel's rules. Yeah. Now the, here's and the, she, thing, the kids came back on the schedule, on the eating plan, not about, spoiled. I don't know about you guys, but that is a massive shift in family dynamics from when when I was a kid or or when we had our own kids. Like we, my wife and I have four kids. I would have never said to my mom. Hey, don't wind them up because, you know, nap time's in 20 minutes. From this article that I read, it's creating a lot of conflicts. Yeah, it can create tension in both marriages, the grandparents' marriage and the husband and wife's marriage. So um, speaking of that, if you feel like there's that tension going on in your marriage and you're like, man, we just got to be stronger. I want to be soulmates. I want to just I'm in this for the long haul. And you feel like you need some tools to get you there. Uh, can't give a higher recommendation to Family Life Weekend to remember. Yeah, I mean, so many people I know have gone to them, including me and my own husband. They'll help you navigate, navigate not just your relationship, but dynamics like the one we just talked about. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? They, it's like a 360 view of everything uh, that has to do with marriage. And they've got 75 different Family Life Weekend to remember is coming up this year. And uh, can't encourage you more. Uh, to go on one, I'm telling you, you're going to come out with your marriage. If, if your marriage goes in on a scale of one to ten, like a a solid three, <laughs> you're going to come out an eight plus with you know with the eye on we're going to be a ten. Find out more right now at weekendtoremember.com. That's weekendtoremember.com. Can't wait to check in with her producer Griffin because he said one of his wife Sarah's Christmas presents is yeah. causing him pain. <laughs> Physical pain? <laughs> I don't know. All right, we'll Some kind out. of inconvenience. I know what's going on with Griff next. 
Griffin is in uh, in with us. So, uh, something you got for Sarah for Christmas is causing you pain. Is this literal physical pain or? Well, like, f- first off, I didn't buy it for her. Okay. I, I, no, it's not my fault. You would have but never. it is causing me physical pain. Is this something that you would have never bought for her because of this? Because it's maybe, causing you problems? Maybe. The, the, what happened is her grandfather bought her one of those indoor cycling bike things. Oh, oh yeah. That you like can a do Peloton or something? Peloton, yeah. Are no. you a little sore, wow. my friend? I'm a little sore. <laughs> yes, because I can't, like be shown up by my wife if she's gonna do it i have to do it uh-huh. and it's right there in our bedroom yeah so oh. i like see it all the time oh wow <laughs> so i've jumped on this thing and yeah i'm what in a lot you, of pain is it one of the things where the like the instructor yells at you to oh, like yeah it's go intense. for it yeah. yeah you can choose mm-hmm. how intense you want it and i gotta be better than her i gotta make sure my numbers are better <laughs> so thanks well, grandpa it's causing it's a lot <laughs> probably hard because if if i'm right you have to everyone has an individual account yeah. you have to put in your height your weight and everything else right so you're 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 going to have to work harder right the resistance is going to be harder because you're a dude you're bigger right um i'm than scared hers. that my only reference is like an old school video game, but does it like show your your mileage and stuff up on a screen? Com- in oh, it comparison? shows everything. Yeah, oh, it can show everything. Wow. Yeah, there's a leaderboard. <laughs> you can see where you rank amongst other oh. people. Oh, it's, it's awesome. So but, a little yes. competition between hubby and wifey. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Boy, I can see why you're upset with Granddad. Right. <laughs> he opened a whole big can of hurting worms there. <laughs> Okay, imagine this. You're a dog lover. You've got a dog or two. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, your dogs won't go outside. They're too Uh-oh. scared. You got you got to solve that fast, oh, right? yes, absolutely. <laughs> we're going to talk about why these doggies were scared in just a minute. So can you imagine you got, especially you, Kev, with five dogs. I can't imagine with one dog, um, your dog's suddenly afraid to go outside. What? <laughs> You can only do so many pooch pads, you know. <laughs> and so this family in Connecticut, we we're like, why is this dog? Why Tyler's dog would not go outside? And she realized why. There was a bear hibernating under their front porch. Ooh. And I'd be scared to go out wow. there too. But get this, because the dog the bear is <laughs> hibernating. They're going to let the bear sleep there all winter. No. They're just going to let it be. They're not going to mess with him or ruin his long winter's nap. No, 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 no. It's a black bear. It's called animal control and you say (laughs) bye-bye to Mr. Yogi. You were talking about those dogs afraid to go outside because there was a bear underneath the porch. Uh, and you were mentioning, wouldn't that be bad because you have five dogs if they, they wouldn't go out? Yeah. We've had that happen to us. You want to give it a guess why our five dogs would refuse to go out? Uh, rain. Rain. They uh, do not like to go out in the rain. I will sometimes have to like shepherd them out and then make there's a we have a deck and a couple of flights of steps to get down to the yard and i will have to walk down half the flights of steps with them getting wet myself to oh, make I thought sure you say you had an umbrella for them <laughs> to make sure they go out no i mean i've i've even done this before i've i've been duped into thinking they went out i'll open the door and they all go out and i close the door and i go and look they're all gathered underneath the awning Oh, like how funny. single file along the side of our house because it's only it's very small awning. My s- waiting for the door to open. My again. sister lives in Muncie, and she just got they adopted a new dog, someone who was leaving the dog alone all day long. Mm-hmm. And their old dog Sammy taught the new dog Hannah that in the winter. You just go on the deck because you want to get your business done and get right back in. And uh, at first, the dog was like, what? Why would I go there? Right. And then the dog's like, oh, I kind of get it. And she said springtime is uh, it's a lot of cleanup.
Oh, no doubt. <laughs>